Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith. Hey. Nick Ely. We back in the building, back and better than ever, baby. It's the Great Debate Show, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Follow and download. We've got a lot of games to talk about. A lot of Well, we're not going to talk about a lot of games, but there's a lot of Week 9 games coming up. We are at the midway point of the NFL season in 2022. Uh, Titans and Chiefs. Some people are putting the Chiefs on upset alert. We'll talk about that, that game. Thursday night football, the Eagles almost was on upset alert, but the Eagles said not so fast. As they beat the as they beat the Houston Texans, uh, more Kyrie Irving discussions, uh, updates on what happened with him and his suspension. It's at least five games. Steve Nash has been fired since we last recorded an episode, and Udoka from Boston is on his way in. Uh, likely, we have we also have the trades, the, the trade deadline that finally ended. Who won and who lost that? You know who's really ready to make a Super Bowl run after the trade deadline on November one. Bradley Chubb, he'll be in our conversation pretty heavy today. He got paid a lot of money, and he hadn't even played one snap with his new team. I just want to know if you all think that was smart or a mistake. All right, guys, how y'all doing, man? I'm doing great. It feels good to be the uh, the shining light in the city of Philadelphia, uh, you know, as, as a team. So, uh, mm-hmm. the Phillies aren't doing the greatest. Uh, 76ers got some problems over there. All Philly really got right now is uh, cheesesteaks and the Eagles. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks for that warm welcome, hey, did, Nick. Did, did, How are you, T? Did, 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 did the Texans give you a, at least a little bit of a scare early on? No, they, honestly, they didn't. I mean, nah. I expected them to come out and play hard. The Texans are a better team to me than what their record shows, particularly defensively. Uh, not to mention the running back they got, the first of the uh, rookie, uh, Damian Pierce. That boy's a dog. He, he definitely got some talent. Um, so I, I expect, and not to mention, you know, in a, in a situation like this, the game against the only NFL, uh, undefeated team left in the league kind of comes across as like their Super Bowl. So I expected them to come out and play hard and try to make some noise. But, um, you know, we were we were consistent. We were efficient. Uh, ran the ball well. Uh, but, it, no, it didn't, it didn't really scare me. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, I would, would expect you to say that, Nick. But, again, good game, good win. Thank you for that warm welcome. Uh, today it's a Friday, a fantastic Friday that is, and we've got so much to talk about. Let's get into it. All right. So first, before we get the show started with Thursday night football game, we want to first get Terrence' view on what happened with the NBA. Uh, Kyrie Irving. We know he posted or tweeted uh, something about an anti-Semitic movie or a movie that you know involves a lot of anti-Semitic things. I think it's produced or whatever by Alex Jones. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's actually the goat of conspiracy theorists, if you know him. And so a lot of people were like, no, this is just misinformation. Turn this off. Get it out of my face. Well, now here we are a few days later, and Kyrie has apologized. Uh, he has also spent money, like 500 k of his money, towards some organization, um, hate crimes and stuff like that with the owner. The Nets was also fine, guys. If you all don't know as well, a little bit, and uh, you know, I find that kind of harsh because they didn't do anything. You know, Kyrie is the one who made the tweet, uh, but again, the the Nets owner did get it. He really did get it started up by retweeting or tweeting something about what Kyrie tweeted. So all of that to make a to make a long story short, guys, he's apologized. The five game suspension, at least, 
until he apologizes. But then he did it somewhere late last night in a Instagram post, I believe. So, guys, now that Kyrie has done this, are we finally done? Or is something going to keep reoccurring like um, like one of the ladies in these civil lawsuits with Deshaun Watson? Is but I don't know. Is this or is this not over? And your thoughts, Terrence, because I know you don't have a lot of time here uh, this, this early uh, Friday. But your thoughts on Kyrie and that Brooklyn yeah. Nets, can they move on from this? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I surely as hell hope that it's over with. Uh, I think the biggest problem in this situation is that a lot of people just want to be angry. And Kyrie has always made himself an easy target. So for the for the sake of getting back to basketball, getting back to sports, and just flat out getting past this, I sure as hell hope it's over with. He apologized. He donated a shit ton of money. The Nets also matched his donation to the ADL. Um, I don't know what more you want from somebody, you know, who has been very clear in his opinions. The only problem with his presser from uh, that he got in trouble for was that he just didn't flat out apologize. Everything else he said, I was like, okay, I, I see where he's coming from. But he agree with it or not, he's very articulate in, in his opinions. Uh, so he has apologized, very well-written apology. Uh, um, and he, he's, he's, he's behind it with his money. I don't know what more you could ask for. Get these five damn games out of the way, and let's finally see Brooklyn uh, at somewhat of full strength. And I, I, this whole this whole Brooklyn Nets thing has been a, a bargain from the beginning. So I'm ready to see what whatever's left, of, whatever potential they have left, I am personally ready to see it because I don't want it to end where, you know, we look back and say, hey, what, they never they never played together. What if? What if? Yeah. I don't like what if. So let's, right. let's just get back to basketball. That's right. So uh, a couple of points of clarity on that. So first off, neither the Nets or, or Kyrie Irving were fined. They were actually donating 500000 apiece to the, uh, the Anti-Defamation League. And uh, they, they, that league, that organization, actually rejected uh, Kyrie Irving's donation uh, after he, you know, didn't uh, didn't kind of disavow those those views um, in that in that uh, press conference. And uh, so then, you know, after that, of course, that's when the suspension was was levied. It was so funny to me. It was like right before the the Thursday night football game, then announced the suspension, and right at the end of the game, Kyrie Irving posted an apology. So uh, I think I was texting you guys. Just kind of saying, I wonder how long it'll be before he, you know, kind of, kind of kowtows to what what it is that they're asking for. Um, now that he won't be getting any any of his money, you know, last year with the with the COVID thing, he was just getting, uh, you know, getting part of his money, and uh, he was fine with that. But I was okay. If he's in a situation where he's going to get nothing, then let's see how long he's able to uh, to kind of have the stand. So um, it was funny to me that that lasted all of about a two two and a half hour uh, football game before he before he changed his stand. My whole thing with with Kyrie is that as, as articulate as he is, he didn't he wouldn't say anything. So uh, you know what I'm what I'm actually hopeful for to some extent is that he uh, maybe goes on a podcast, somebody's podcast or something along those lines, and just from a factual standpoint talks more about what he means. Not necessarily you know if if you feel that you know these things are true and this is what you can back it up with, then put it out there in a in a in an intelligent way as opposed to trying to be cryptic and, and have this air of being smarter than everyone else and knowing what other people don't know, put it out there in an intelligent way and then let those who who are more uh, educated on the matter than you then rebut what you're saying and say, hey, you know, no, this isn't true and this is why this isn't true and this is why. And then you can actually learn from the situation. And, and this is not me saying whether I agree or disagree with Kyrie Irving because I think, as I said in a previous episode, I don't know enough about what he's talking about to have an opinion. 
Uh, I'm just saying, if you if you're gonna put it out there, back it up with some facts, and then let you know let other people who may know more than you uh, give you you know why why that's incorrect. All right, all right, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it uh it definitely to Kyrie, even if it's post basketball, because I don't want to hear anything else from him <laughs> while he's trying to still make his money. Uh, but it, it, at the very least, it allows for him to um, do some of these things post basketball, and uh, you know, it kind of creates an avenue for him to continue to be relevant and to maybe to take up a, a higher calling uh, again after basketball. Because right now, I would really love if he just if he just focused on basketball for a little while, for a little while, a year or two at least. <laughs> well, good luck with that. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I'm just glad that it's over. At least I hope it's over. I'm not sure if it's over, but the only issue I have with this is that he tweeted something that he shouldn't have tweeted if he wasn't ready for the repercussions that that would come with that. Ladies and gentlemen, have we not learned from the others, Nick Cannon and everybody else? Yay. And everybody else has done this before. Stop talking about this just because you're upset or you reneged or they've reneged on something or whatever that was part of the, the agreement. Whatever it is that, that pisses you off to say the things you say, and I'm not saying that they're false. I'm not saying that they're accurate either. I'm just saying that don't say it if you're not ready for the consequences and repercussions that follow. Because it really, 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 uh, you know, just defeats the purpose if you do all of that and then you just apologize. Like, what's the purpose? Why say it if you're going to apologize? They always end up doing so, but you can avoid all of that if you just shut the hell up. In the beginning, again, I, I'm not on, you know, whether it's right or wrong, true or false, and I could care less. But, uh, man, maybe I was wrong. I said black people were the most sensitive race in the world. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is the Jews. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, whatever he said, if it's not true, shame on him. That is bad information that you shouldn't be putting out or spewing out of your mouth, even though he really didn't say anything. He just tweeted it. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I hope we can move on, but I'm still not sure because uh, this really, really ruffled a lot of feathers. But as of now, he's out for five games. That should be it since he's apologized, but we'll see. All right, guys, the NFL trade deadline was on Tuesday, November 1, and a lot of trades had already went down before the trade deadline, you know, like the Niners and Christian McCaffrey, uh, the, the Ravens tr uh, trading for Roquan Smith, linebacker from the Chicago Bears. A lot of things happened. Uh, the Knicks Eagles, you know, made a few moves, got rid of a few people. Uh, so, basically, there's been trades, but we knew that 4 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday, it was it. And so, the things that broke down that took place, Bradley Chubb traded from Denver to Miami. The Miami Dolphins running back Chase Edmonds, they traded him to Denver. And I think the Broncos also added a pass rusher. He's not... Bradley Chubb, not a big household name, but somebody, another body that they brought in on that. Then nobody's talking about TJ Hawkinson in my book. Like, this is very underrated. Kind of like John Wall going to the Clippers if the Clippers ever, you know, have their stars play. Hawkinson in a division trade within the division, he's traded from Detroit to Minnesota. I want your thoughts on that. Terrence, if you still got a little time, give me your thoughts quickly on what you saw and got from you know the trades as far as who made the right trade or who you thought should have pulled the trigger but did not the rams didn't do a thing we know they were trying the packers didn't do a thing don't know if they were trying the titans didn't make a move brandon cooks was a guy who was out there 
either one of those teams could have got him, but his contract is kind of jacked. A lot of money on it, $20 million or so for next season. Uh, nobody wanted to even touch it, I guess. I don't know. Terrence, your thoughts on the NFL trade deadline and, you know, like who is in better shape for a Super Bowl run now? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the team that's in better shape is the team that was already in the best shape, and that's the Eagles. Hmm. They were already on top, top of the league, and they still they were still very aggressive. Uh, they were not going to let the trade deadline go by without them addressing some issues, which I have to applaud. But more so than anything, I'm, I'm just glad that there's some excitement around the uh, trade deadline now because there used to, there used to not be any. You know, we used to, the trade deadline will come and go, and there, there might be one move here, might be one move there. Uh, but I'm very excited that um, – the NFL is finally seeing the light that hey, you can you can make trades mid season. Football is not such a sport to where you can't add people or, or get people out. Uh, I don't know why they were so guarded with that in, in the past because the MLB trade deadline is always exciting. There's always a big name on the move. Mm-hmm. The NBA trade trade deadline is also exciting because while there's not the quantity of moves that's in baseball, the quality of moves uh, every once in a while you might get a. Uh, I'm trying to see who was the last big name that got traded during the trade deadline in, in the NBA. Uh, it's not it's not hitting me right now, but you know what I'm saying that happens. I think Carmelo was a trade deadline deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was. A, I don't think he was the last big one, but that's just the one that just resonated with me. Yeah, so every yeah. once in a while, there's always going to be this really big name. So I'm I'm glad to see football kind of catching up to those other sports. And listen, we already know the ESPN and the NFL Network and. All these networks, uh, Fox, are you know they're salivating over these things. So kudos to them too for finding more ways to make money as if they actually freaking need it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad to see the NFL kind of joining the party with the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it, it's, uh, as Sam alluded to, you know, it was definitely um, according to what I saw, the, the most active uh, last day of the trade deadline to the trade deadline um, that the NFL has had, I think, in, in history or at least. In the last 20, 25 years or so, I think it was something like twelve trades uh, on the. Yeah, on the last since trade. like since like ninety or ninety one, I think was what that was. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I definitely agree that you know our move for Robert Quinn uh, was absolutely a huge one. Up. I think he had high ankle sprains. We did go ahead and place him on IR. Um, I thought that was a big move, but the bigger move I, I would actually give uh, tip my hat to would be the Miami Dolphins, of course, trading for Bradley Chubb. Uh, the Dolphins' defense, to some extent, has underperformed this year. Uh, the people definitely had higher expectations of them going in, particularly uh, from because of the talent of their two cornerbacks, and Xavier Howard and, uh, and Byron Jones. But the problem is is that they haven't been able to, to complement that with, uh, with a strong pass rush. And so I think putting Bradley Chubb on one end of that, uh, I'm trying to remember who their other – Rush in is down there. Maybe it's Melvin Ingram, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but, you know, obviously, a guy like Bradley Chubb, we know how he can get after the quarterback. So I think that was probably the biggest move, particularly for them, seeing as uh, the two teams that they're looking at that are going to be their biggest biggest hurdles in order to try to get to a Super Bowl are going to be, of course, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, the way you beat those teams is being able to get pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz them. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. We'll see how it works out. Um, obviously, they've, they've gotten back in rhythm with Tua talking about Loa being back in the lineup uh, on offense. So this is definitely a bolster to their defense that uh, that they needed. Okay. I did, so and, and they signed him to a nice extension, by the way. So good for that, Bradley Chubb. That's what I wanted to ask you guys about, like, quickly. Like, how, how do y'all feel about that? I mean, he hadn't had one snap. Like, honestly, me, I hadn't seen much from Bradley Chubb in the past few years. He's either had injuries or – 
there's been something where it's just like I haven't been saying, hey, Bradley Chubb, he's the next Von Miller, or he's the next JJ, he's the next TJ Watt, he's Nick Bosa, he's I don't see it. We talk about Bosa, Parsons, uh, you know, we talk about pass rushers, but I don't know about Bradley Chubb. And for him to get a hundred million dollar extension or something like that that fast, you guys are okay with that? You don't think that's a mistake? No, I didn't, I didn't have a big problem with it, honestly. Uh, Bradley Chubb, you know, he, he's still been pretty solid in his time in, in, in Denver. Um, he was drafted initially to kind of be a complement and then future replacement for Von Miller. Um, obviously, he hasn't quite reached that level of production that Von Miller has because not many ever have. Uh, but that being said, I, I didn't have a big problem with it, not, not to mention, I think, you know, now that he's back on a good team, I think you'll see he, kind, of like, uh, kind of like the Michael Thomas situation. I think he was ready to get out of Denver. And I think Michael Thomas is ready to get out of New Orleans uh, if nobody picked up on that. Um, and so with that, you know, I'd have a big problem. with. I think he'll be able to produce very well in Miami and, uh, and justify his money. Okay. I, I, I guess. I guess. Uh, I just – I don't know about that. I thought that was pretty sudden. They seem very, very uh, ha- happy to have him, and I, and I get that. But, no, I wouldn't – I don't know, man. I, I mean – if it, even if it's I mean, a, think about the other side. Uh, AJ Brown hadn't played a snap for the Eagles before we before we signed him to his extension. How did that work out? I don't know. I just it just seems that AJ Brown had proven enough for me from what he's done already in Tennessee. From what I've seen, if I was Howie Roseman or whoever that made that 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 uh, extension with AJ Brown in Philly. But Bradley Chubb, it just seems like he still needs to show me a little more. You know, like I hadn't seen much since that rookie year, I believe, where it was like him and Von Miller made great bookends, but it was because Von Miller was getting most of the attention. Once he left, it was all on him, and I just didn't think he made enough plays. I'm not saying he's he's overrated or anything like that. I'm just saying that I, I'm not sure, and I thought that was very, very quick for him to do that as if he was like, if we traded Bosa to, before the trade deadline, I'd definitely see somebody saying, hey, let's pay his ass now. I think you've seen enough probably, but Chubb, I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you what a Bronco said. Um, when I asked, well, they were just on our great debate show page, just, you know, going over the debates with what we say, and they were commenting, chiming in. And, uh, basically one Bronco said that the Broncos won the trade. They said that Chubb underperformed, uh, for a top five pick. And he definitely was a top five pick coming out of college into the NFL. So they said he underperformed for a top five pick due Dude, dude, he was due a contract, of course, and the Broncos, you know, they're pretty deep at the linebacker position. Uh, what nobody is talking about is Denver for a year has been deep at that position, and they passed on Allen in the same draft, which could have been their quarterback. That's what that Broncos seems to be a little bit more upset with, not losing Bradley Chubb. So that's just the Bronco that's kind of saying what I'm saying right now, that Chubb just, he kind of, you know, um, underachieved a bit. But anyway, we're going to keep it moving. Congrats, though, Chubb. You're a Dolphin. And we hope that, well, I'm sure Dolphin fans hope that his presence can get them over the hump in those games or that postseason game where they're trying to chase Lamar Jackson around or they're trying to get to Josh Allen or whoever it may be, Patrick Mahomes, in that wild, wild AFC playoff picture. Okay, now, keeping it moving, fast-forwarding. Uh, Nick, did you tell me this? And it's just me and you now, Nickelodeon. Uh, T, he definitely had to run. Uh, but we did. We, are, we we were able to get in, get him in here, and get some thoughts from him. But Nick, did you tell me who you thought had the better? I mean, I know Terrence said he it's Philly still. That's still the best team after the trade. 
I'm sure you think that Philly's the best team after the trade, but is there one team that you think that could give your guys, your Eagles, a run for their money after a trade that they made or, you know, uh, who, whoever in the AFC, you know, they could give them a run for their money on their way to the Super Bowl, if, if there's anyone? Um, so I guess to answer the, answer the question directly, first off, I think the team that that, that uh, I think I said it. I, I don't maybe I didn't say it too clearly, but um, the team that definitely I think did themselves the biggest favor is the Dolphins um, with signing Bradley Chubb or trading for Bradley Chubb. Uh, I think that'll be you know the move that that could probably pay the most dividends because that's that's you know that's a direct response to the need that they're going to have um, in order to be able to, to try to to make a Super Bowl. Um, you know, like I said, with the Bills and the and the Chiefs being the teams that that really are in the minds of a lot of people, and maybe even in their own mind, uh, being the only teams that really are ahead of them or, or a threat to them being able to make the Super Bowl, I think that was a great job. I think it's something that um, that mindset is something that the uh, the Packers should adopt because uh, certainly they, they should have looked to get a receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out there. Um, so the, the Dolphins definitely had the biggest win at the trade line, though uh, I was definitely happy with our move to get Robert Quinn. Um, to answer the question about the Eagles, I don't see anybody in the NFC, honestly, that scares me. Uh, or that makes me think, you know, hey, in a playoff situation, you know, this team can knock you off. Uh, certainly, you know, the playoffs being what they are, you know, the single elimination tournament in that in that way, uh, anything can happen. Um, but the good thing about our team, I feel like, is that, you know, obviously we're great at running the ball and we play good defense. And those are things that will travel. Um, I, we shouldn't have to travel. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we uh, should be able to lock up home field advantage um, based on, on the schedule that we've got left. Um, so my, my biggest concerns would be coming out of the AFC would be the Bills, the Chiefs, um, and potentially the Dolphins, as I mentioned. Okay, so basically the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. That's what you're saying, right? That's that's, that's what I'm leaning towards. I mean, I, I don't I don't see why we don't. Okay. Um, barring you know, barring major injury, obviously, kind of those sorts of things. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't see why we can't. Okay. Well, injuries. I'm glad you brought that up because barring injuries, if the 49ers get healthy. I'm not afraid of the Eagles, as good as they are, and they are good. But for you to say that there's no team that you think that you have to worry about, I beg to differ. If the Niners get healthy, and again, I don't know if they will be completely healthy because somebody always goes down. Even when everybody's starting to come back, somebody else has to go down. And I question Shanahan and his ability, uh, his coaching, his staff, his physical and strength, his his coaching, his training, his staff. I, I question some damn body if Raheem Mostert, stays healthy all season in Miami, and other former Niners stay healthy all season and they didn't as Niners, I'm going to have a problem with that. That means that it's on Shanahan. I don't know what he's doing wrong or who he needs to bring in, but the injuries is an issue. And I know that's neither here nor there, but I say that to say this. If the Niners get healthy, Nick, we, Nick we'll come to Philly and bust that ass. I'm just being honest. We will. But I, I, well, well and, and so to be clear, like I said, you know, in, in, in the playoffs, you know, being a single elimination tournament that way, uh, the 49ers are definitely a team that, you know, provided health. They uh, they could definitely make some noise and definitely be a threat. So I, I won't disagree with you on that. I think if you ask me to pick, yeah, um, yeah. even with that being said, I would obviously still pick my Eagles to do it. But uh, but the 49ers are definitely a team I would throw in that jumble to say, hey, you know, if, if you don't show up with your A game um, in a playoff situation, uh, these guys can knock you off. That's that's no doubt about that. The Eagles are the number one team in the league for a reason. I just think that the number one reason is because the Niners are banged up. But we will see. There will be a great debate for the great debate show if we can get the Niners and Eagles in the NFC Championship or some type of playoff game this season. Uh, that would be great for us here on the show. But uh, if the Niners get back healthy, I'm sorry, man. Bang, bang. 
Niner game. But the Eagles are number one, no doubt about it, and they are balling. And last night they put on a show where it looked like it was going to be an upset. The Texans had them on upset alert for a minute. We're 14-14 at the half. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on here? Um, But the Eagles pulled off the win 29-17. They are now 8-0. Is it 8-0, first time in franchise history. 8-0 for the first time in franchise history. In 2004, they went up till about 7-0 before they lost to the Steelers in that 4 season, which was a Super Bowl season. Now they're even better than that right now. And, again, I'm looking at – it almost feels like we are looking at McNabb and T.O. again. And baby T.O., that's A.J. Brown, and Jalen Hurts, who I have no issues with anymore. Uh, so uh, your take from that game last night, I know you can be brief because – I mean, it was the Texans, but again, I agree with everything you said about the Texans and their defense. I've talked about this before with Lovey Smith and how he stifles young quarterbacks, uh, particularly, uh, you know, the Trey Lances and the Malik Willis's. He loves matchups like that. Malik Willis only had 55 yards last week, so we knew that he had he was ready. But the run game, they just they're just not that good. Stopping the run, and that's the Texans, I mean. And Miles Sanders and a few other guys and company showed that. Derrick Henry definitely showed them that last week. So I knew that if they just continued to just play ball, play smart, run up the middle, they would still get the best of the Texans. But that was it was interesting for three quarters, I will say. Um, is there anything that you want to leave with that game, though, before we get into uh, the rest of Week 9's games and, 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 and other things? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I think I text you guys in, in the middle of the game uh, as things were going on. You know, I, I could see where this was going and kind of how, hey, as long as we just, you know, stay consistent, run the ball, um, they haven't shown the ability to stop the run. You know, I don't I don't necessarily fault Malik Willis or give the Texans a lot of credit for him only throwing 55 yards last week because when you got a running back that can go for 200 plus, uh, you, you just hand him the ball. Uh, so the Titans, the Titans didn't make it complicated, and after a while, we kind of didn't either. I think uh, – uh, on the post-game show, I was listening, and, and Tony Gonzalez and, and Richard Sharman and those guys were talking. And, you know, they said that the the impression they got is that the Eagles were kind of just just kind of trying some things. You know, they, we kind of always felt like we were uh, we were in control of the game. And so, you know, we tried a couple of different things in the first half just to, you know, keep, keep kind of keep some oil on some different systems in the offense, so to speak. Um, but then, you know, once it was time to handle business, we turned around and hand the ball off. Uh, great game out of Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts was efficient. Uh, he was accurate with the ball, you know, threw a couple of touchdowns. And uh, so I was, I was, you know, perfectly pleased with the game. I didn't have any anything to take from it that uh, wasn't a concern for us going forward. Other than, uh, you know, you know, Texans did show an ability to run the ball against us with Jordan Davis out. So, uh, you know, against better teams, that may be a concern. But the good thing is we don't have many better teams uh, left on the schedule this year. So, um, you know, good for us. And uh, so, there, no, no concerns uh, coming out of last night. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, just uh, Jalen Hurts is through over 2,042 yards. He's got 12, to- 12 passing touchdowns to just two interceptions on the season, uh, over 300 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Uh, so that's a total of 18 touchdowns to two picks. This guy has really his, – his growth has been phenomenal. Uh, and that's Jalen Hurts that I mean. So I, I, I just like to give credit when it's due because he was the main person. He was the only person that I questioned on how far the Eagles would go and how good they would be. And now that he's answered those questions, look at them. They're undefeated, and it looks like they could be undefeated for quite some time. I'm still saying the Indianapolis Colt game will be the game that you all finally lose. I know that's the the, the craziest game to pick, but that's the one that I'm picking. So I'm going to stick to it. All right. 
So, we're, we, we've got so many football games to get into this week. But before we do, um, well, no, let's go ahead and finish it. But I got a question for the Golden State Warriors. Or I have a question for you, Nick, and the Golden State Warriors. We'll come back to that, though, pretty soon. I also want to say one more thing about your Eagles, Nick. Again, I'm going to give credit when it's due, man. Um, Gardner Johnson. I remember that guy when y'all, I think you text us. You text me and Terrence, man, when you made that trade or signing. I think you did sign him as a free agent. I'm not sure. But either way, when you got him, I said, well, he's definitely good in the box. He kind of reminds me a lot of Jaquiski Tart, sometimes a little more active than Tart in the box. That's all I said. Well, I'm starting to see now that he's he's an all-around safety. He's making plays and interceptions all over the field. He's not just around the box in the line of scrimmage. Got to give him credit. They said last night that he got his fifth interception, which leads the league. So shout out to Char Nagansi because, I mean, Gardner Johnson, because I actually thought that it was just a, eh, you know, he, he can't cover really, but he's definitely good around that line of scrimmage. Uh, but no. I, I was excited when we got him. Uh, I was already really familiar with him because he played, of course, we traded for him from the Saints. Uh, my sister's a big Saints fan, so I do watch a good number of their games. And uh, so when we made the trade, I was definitely excited. I, I understood that the reason that he doesn't get many interceptions prior to now is simply more had to do with the Saints' style of defense than his ability. So um, he's certainly showing that it's, it was a good trade for us. Yep. No doubt. Okay. All right. So let's keep it pushing here. More football. Uh, Nick, you're not looking at this week's uh, week nine NFL games, are you? If not, yeah, it's no. Okay. You got them. All right. Well, look, if you would like. The games that you think are, are more important to run down. Let's 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 try to run through them real quick here, uh, before we get our, our day started. Hope everyone is yeah, enjoying yeah, their yeah. day. Let's let's see what we've got that's interesting for this week. Uh, here's a good one. We got an AFC East matchup as the six and one Bills travel to visit the five and three uh, New York Jets. Excuse me. Bills are a eleven and a half point favorite going into their game. Okay. Which I find, honestly, is kind of a big number, 11 and a half. Uh, you know, the Jets, again, like I said, are 5 and 3 this year. Yeah. They've shown the ability to play some good defense. They, uh, they're definitely good on the edges with Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, as far as being able to cover. So that, that'll be an interesting matchup with him and Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and those guys this week. Uh, I definitely will take the Bills for the win. Uh, 11 and a half seems like a big number. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty big. Uh, this game is where now? It's in a, it's this game in, is uh, it's at the Jets. It's in New York. It is at the Jets. Uh, that 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 could be a it, it could actually be a trap game for Buffalo. But I, I'm gonna still ride with Buffalo. But yeah, I do think those points are too high. Yep. Yep. Uh, moving on, we've got a matchup of five and two uh, teams in the AFC as the five and two Tennessee Titans travel to visit the five and two Kansas City Chiefs. Oh boy. Oh boy. This should be good. This should be interesting here. I mean, I know a lot of people. Now, go ahead and finish, Nick. I, but, but this this should be very interesting. I know a lot of people don't think much of the Titans, but I don't know. The Tennessee Titans have not, like, looked bad against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, my Niners may have. Uh, other teams may have. But the Titans, they've won some. They've gotten some wins out of the Kansas City Chiefs here over the past few years under Mike Vrabel's watch. So, man, I, I need another minute, Nick. Uh, I know you're probably going to go with the Chiefs, but if you want to just break down your analysis real quick on why you maybe picked them. or Four and a half point, maybe even up to a touchdown spread uh, on that one. Touchdown, uh, four and a half? 
Say what now? You said four and a half? I would be more comfortable with maybe a four and a half spread, maybe even up to a touchdown. But, uh, but the- Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay, well, give me your take on it. Give me your take on it first. I need to hear it. Maybe I need to hear it first. I, I'm, I'm very, I don't know. This is tight for me. This is tough. I, I missed the part of it. Say it again. I said the Titans are tough. This is a tough game for me to choose from. So if you, you, you can go ahead with your pick if you would like. I just need another minute. Oh, I, I, I don't know if you heard me. I'm, take, I'm taking the Chiefs on it to win the game for sure. Um, oh, but okay. I, I think the 12 and a half point spread is, is a bit much. Oh, that, that's 12 and a half. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Man, well, a... yeah. yeah. The, the, the line on the game is 12 and a half. Uh, I I think that's a bit much. So I'm going, um, I'm going with the with the Chiefs to win it, but uh, not not by that much. Not but you know I, I don't see a two touchdown win here. Where is this game being played? It's it's in Kansas City. <sighs> yeah, that's a lot of points. Not gonna lie, I'll go with the Chiefs as well. Even though I'm I, something tells me the Titans are gonna pull this upset off, but I don't know who's playing. I don't know who's starting. Uh, they don't have any receivers really. They don't put up a lot of points in the, you know, offensively anyway. They don't have a lot of targets outside, but uh, they've got Derrick Henry. They've got a decent tight end, but I don't know who's starting their quarterback. Malik Willis, only 55 yards last week. They just handed the ball off to Henry because the Texans couldn't do anything about it. It made sense, but we still didn't get to see enough from him, and I don't know if we'll see him this week or not. Tannehill, does he come back or not? Because of the uncertainty of that, I'll go with the Chiefs. But, man, uh, I'm sure at some point on my parlay, the Titans will end up being on one of my one of my tickets, I'm sure. Mm, I, I would probably advise you to hold off on that. But, you know, right <laughs> on. Hey, man. Ticket, do you think? Remember what I told you all, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, if you pay attention to us with the gambling part, we try to help you out. Look, if it sounds crazy, bet it. Throw it in your parlay sometimes. I'm telling you, something crazy happens every damn week. Yeah, I would say, uh, and I'll move on to the next game here, and uh, I would say if you're going to try to find yourself an upset some plus money this week, uh, the one I would lean on is the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings uh, visiting the 4-4 Washington Commanders. Uh, Vikings are a three-point favorite going into that game. Uh, I think this is one where, uh, you know, as good as the Vikings have been, you know, obviously being 6-1, they've uh, they've had a couple of close games. Uh, I, I think five of their wins have been a touchdown, uh, one score or less, uh, one score or less game. And so I think this is one where they where they may fall off and where Washington could possibly catch them slipping. So uh, if you want to try to get you an upset, get some plus money on your ticket. I'm going Washington this week uh, against the uh, against the Vikings. That could be the case. You may be right. Uh, who did Washington beat last week again? Last drive, they they came down and they. They beat um man they beat somebody it was it was the, the final Packers, was it? no the Packers was the week before last uh, but they did get another win this past week which I was right on but it, it it took to the last drive before they got it done I don't remember who it was they beat but they did get a win again last week uh, Tyler Taylor Heineke scored uh, inside the one at the goal line and uh, that's how they won the game but it was a heck of a drive with uh with just a minute left. Or a little over a minute left. I just can't remember who, what defense they done that against. But either it was the Colts, I think. I think I just saw it was the Colts. I'm about to pull it up for sure. That's who they played. Now, now you're right. They play. They beat the Colts. 
That's who it was. Yeah, they, they, uh, they, the they, they, they beat the Colts. No Carson Wentz. He didn't get to play his former team, but he was barely there. They he was he was gone. He was there and gone so fast. Colt fans forgot he was their quarterback. So we didn't get to see that. But Heineke did good because of that. Man, can they go three straight or four straight or whatever? They probably could, man. I'm not sure. But I'm going to still stick with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings right now. I just think they're a little hot. And offensively, you know, you make it slow them down, but, you know, they're never out. Just too many weapons. And TJ Hawkinson, if he makes his debut, look for this to be a very, very, very explosive offense as he has now been added to the uh, Vikings offense that features Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. I don't know why nobody's talking about this enough. I don't I don't fear the Vikings. Don't get me wrong. We'll go to Minnesota and tap that ass. And I mean my Niners. Bang, bang. But, man, the Vikings, I, I'm impressed. They, they, they made a move. They weren't conservative as they usually are. And they're saying that, hey, we're in this to win it too. Damn it. We are, I know we got the NFC North on lock already, but we want more than the North. So I respect it. But watch out for TJ Hawkinson on your prop bets if you're doing it. He could have a huge day. Yeah, I will. I will say the one loss on the on the Vikings record uh, does belong to the Philadelphia Eagles. So you know, just keep that in mind. Like I said, so you know that, that gives more credence to why why I say mm-hmm. um, you know there's not many teams or really any teams in the NFC that I feel like we can't beat. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did we beat them, we beat. Them, I think it was twenty four to seven, something like that. It wasn't a wasn't a very competitive game. Yeah. Um, and so you know, looking at it from that standpoint. Uh, the Vikings, Vikings definitely have a good team. Don't get me wrong, um, but but uh, you know Kirk Cousins has been who he's been uh, over the course of his career, and uh, just when you kind of think you you can put the faith into him, just when you really start to believe in him, uh, he's a guy that, that has potential to let you down. And so um, I think this is a, a trap game, so to speak, for them, and uh, one that we, where you can see Washington come out ahead. All right, all right. You got the you got Washington. I've got Minnesota. And, and and the next game that I think uh, that it could get very very interesting. Obviously, neither of the teams are really uh, both still in NFC North. Neither really at the top of the division, obviously, with the way the Vikings are performing. But the three and five Green Bay Packers visit the one and six uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, Packers are a three and a half point favorite going into that game. Um, but I, I'm definitely seeing some value with the potential of a Lions upset there. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this guy from both sides. Uh, the Packers obviously need a win to try to still stay competitive um, in the division and maybe find their way to a wild card. Uh, obviously, they've got Aaron Rodgers still, one of the most talented and best quarterbacks that we've ever seen. Um, but, the, but the Lions have shown, have shown a lot of heart this year. Um, trading away T.J. Hygginson certainly is going to be a detriment to that offense, which I believe I uh, heard earlier has averaged about 35 points a game at home this year, which is the most in the league. Um, so leaving, you know, losing T.J. Hawkinson, which I didn't really understand them making that trade. Hmm, uh, maybe them just saying, maybe them just saying, hey, we're gonna, you know, start kind of blowing this thing up and, and rebuild it entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, past that, I didn't really understand it. You know, he's, you know, essentially your your best offensive weapon, maybe other than DeAndre Swift. Um, but you know, the Lions, the Lions do have some talent. They got the ability to put up some points, and uh, so you know, the Packers defense. Seems to be in what it has been and not quite showing us to the level that we all expected. Uh, there's a chance the Lions could upset them. I feel you on that. I see you. Um, uh, my, official, my official pick is going to be the Packers. Oh, but, uh, oh I, well. I, don't have, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. I got you. I got you. Okay. So you said I'll let them still pick the Packers. Huh? <laughs> well, I, I'm a, yeah, basically. Well, since you said it, I don't have to say it because I agree with everything you're saying, but I got to roll with the Packers also just because 
some of the things that we've already heard Terrence say on this show many times before. The Detroit Lions are just going to find a way to lose. They just are. And it's a shame because Jared Goff is still playing red hot. He's on fire. To take away Hawkinson, I didn't understand it. That's an entertaining, explosive offense to watch. They just don't get wins and they suck on defense. So because of that, I'm 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 going to say that Aaron Rodgers will find a way to get a damn win here finally uh, after four straight losses. I'll take the Packers, but I, I'm doing it reluctantly as well. Many more games of, of real consequence left here, but we will, we can take a look at a NFC West matchup uh, this week. The five and three division leading Seattle Seahawks will visit the three and five Arizona Cardinals. Uh, see, uh, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals are a two point favorite, which I think is a bit strange. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks on that one. There's seems almost like three three plus money for you there right now. FanDuel's got them at plus one fourteen on the money line. Uh, I'm going to see off. They're shown to be a more consistent team. Uh, Geno Smith obviously been balling all year, uh, playing very well over there. Uh, the Cardinals are kind of on the upswing uh, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, but I don't care. Uh, I'm going to see off. They're shown to be the better team this year, and I don't see a reason for that to change this week. The Seahawks are good. I cringed when you said five and three NFC West leaders. That hurts, uh, man. I and, thought it might a little bit. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. No, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's what we do around here, man. And I, look, they are number one. It is what it is. And I've beaten the. We've beaten the Seahawks already in one. We've got one more to go with them. But we're three and zero in the NFC West, so we may not lead it, but we're still undefeated in the NFC West. So we're all right. We're we're riding high. Uh, I, I need the Cardinals to win this game, and this is a biased pick, but I'm gonna pick the Cardinals because I need them to win. I'm not just sold on the Seahawks, even though Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, DK Metcalf, Lockett, those guys are still playing, and they're playing hard. Good football, great offense. Defense, eh, they're going to give up some points. Cardinals defense, yeah, they're going to give up some plays, some big plays and some points. But the Cardinals need this win so much. I want to say that the Cardinals will figure out a way and find a way to get this win. Uh, D-Hop playing out his damn mind since he's returned. I'll go with Calamari and the Cardinals. And, again, I do this reluctantly because I'm not crazy about them and they're not turning out to be what I thought they would be. But um, I'll take the Cardinals, man. I, I have a big problem with the logic of take, taking the desperate team. I, I, I can see it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I expect a good game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, anytime you've got a good game, you've got a chance for, for the other team to pull it out. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's, not uh, it's definitely feasible, I guess, in my mind that the Cardinals can win. Um, but push to make a choice, I'm going to roll with the Seahawks. And I, I need the Seahawks to lose, too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. All right. One of the few games left that we haven't talked of any consequence uh, left, and, it, and really it's more consequence just because of the of the logos and the names involved, more so than what the teams have performed like this year. You have the 3-4 and four Los Angeles Rams visiting the 3-5 and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks are a three-point favorite at home. Uh, I think that that is one of the few that so far I think we've seen where they got it right. Um, I do see the Bucks win this game in a close one. I just feel like you know with uh, with Brady obviously getting some of the personal issues behind him here recently, um, you know he can kind of turn his focus entirely back to football. And uh, you know obviously I, I, I see him coming out kind of with the vengeance, just kind of tired of, of you know being at the bottom so far this year and not really performing up to his standards, uh, having gotten the personal stuff out of the way. The Rams, I think, still have their problems. 
um, none of which are really off the field things. Uh, it's more on the field. And so, uh, so with that, I think I see the Bucks winning in a relatively close game. Um, I probably take this, take three points as well, um, somewhat begrudgingly. I could see a last-second field goal type situation, maybe um, that they get them the W. But uh, I'm, I'm going with the Bucks to win this one. Well, to piggyback off of you, same here. Going with the Bucks for some of the same reasons that you just stated. And I have always said this season, I've said it all all along, I think the Rams have a lot of losses in their future, more ills to come. And I think this will be another one. They are not the same Rams team. Even if they had a made a trade on the trade deadline, before the trade deadline, there's still no Von Miller. There's still no OBJ. Those were the two additions that they needed to get them over the hump. And it still took all of that for them to barely get past the Niners in the NFC Championship. So, yeah. This is a rematch from last year's playoff game in Tampa. The Rams did get them last time. That was last time. Brady's got to get a win here after three straight losses, you think. I'm, I'm riding with uh, the Buccaneers on this one too, Nick, so we agree. Yeah, I, I, the, one, the one thing I think I am ready to cop to um, that we, I think we talked about preseason is you were saying that the Rams were not going to be nearly the same as they were. Um, I had some reservations. I thought they would still be a pretty good team. I, I'm off that wagon. Um, Rams, are, they're done. I mean, you know, Aaron <laughs> Donald um, is still the great player that he is, and he hasn't even been quite as impactful um, as we've always known him to be. Nope. Um, you know, offensively, the Rams don't move the ball nowhere, anywhere nearly as well well as they did last year. Um, they definitely seem to miss having a, a second explosive option like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, so I, I think it's over for them. I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs. I think there's at least two teams in their division. Um, that's better than them, um, but I, I, I don't see it. Right. Good stuff. Are we past that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where, where how are we looking now on these games? The past that, not too too much more of consequence. Uh, you got the Chargers and Falcons. Uh, Chargers are four and three. They're visiting the Falcons, who are four and four. Uh, they got the Chargers as a three point favorite in that one. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, this is another one where there's maybe some plus money win for you. Uh, Falcons are plus 134 on the money line, and I'm moving towards taking them. Uh, Chargers will be without both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, the Falcons, I believe, are going to get Cordero Patterson back this week. Um, they've shown to be able to be consistent running the ball. They're not terrible on defense. Um, I, I think I think they got a chance to pull an upset at home this week and, and maintain their lead lead in the uh, in the NFC South. So I'm, I'm gonna roll with the Falcons on that. Who did you say the Chargers were gonna be missing? Keenan Allen and who? And uh, Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams doesn't make enough plays anyway sometimes uh, for me. Damn, I, I well, that, thought. That's kind of all he does is either make big plays or no plays. That, is, he, is he the 30-yard catch or nothing? That, is, that pretty much is Mike Williams. So, basically, they're three. They're three. They're, they're favored to win this game in Atlanta without those guys? That's very strange. That's yeah, I'm going to take the plus two then with you. I was about to pick the Chargers until you told me that. I'll ride with you on the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are they're, they're a decent foot. They're a pretty good football team. We have to just stop saying decent. Um, my brother hit that one. Man, he 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 really nailed that one. Uh, what the things that he said during the offseason about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I guess it helps to be a Titan and him knowing about Arthur Smith and Dan Pease also. But yeah, give me the Falcons as well. Yeah, the interesting. Uh, was, well, the funny thing to me, at least, is they traded Calvin Ridley right before the trade deadline. Uh, the, re- the suspended receiver suspended for uh, gambling uh, on the NFL. 
Um, they went ahead and traded him to the Jaguars, I think, for a couple of conditional picks. Yeah. Um, I thought I just thought that was kind of funny because one of the reasons, one of the, the trades, the uh, bets that uh, Calvin really had made was against the Jaguars. So uh, you know, for them to turn around and be the ones to acquire him, uh, a little bit, a little bit of humor in that one. So. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we won't see him again till at least next uh, next season. What a coincidence, uh, also. Yeah. So moving on from that. Uh, other than that, you got the Dolphins visiting the uh, the five and three Dolphins visiting the three and five Chicago Bears. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're both going to take the Dolphins to win that game. Yes. Uh, they are a four and a half point favorites, so I would probably lean towards taking those points as well. That seems like some value there. Um, the Dolphins definitely just are a much better team. Uh, you got anything to add to that one, Travis? Nope. Hopefully we can take the points, like you said. Hopefully we can do it. They, they're so tricky sometimes with them. But, yeah. Right. None, nothing to add. I, I'm with you on that one. And the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah. And let me say again, the Dolphins are very dangerous. I want to say that. If Bradley Chubb is what you guys think he is still, this is a very dangerous team. We know what they are capable of doing on offense. Mike McDaniels, big fan of them. Sometimes I wish we had a kept Mike McDaniels and the – let Shanahan go coach the Dolphins sometimes. Uh, look, the Dolphins are going to be dangerous. I'm telling you that right now. But, yeah, taking the Dolphins here in Chicago. Right, uh, like I said, not much more of, of interest left there. Uh, Carolina's visiting Cincinnati. Uh, you've got the Colts visiting the Patriots. Uh, Colts are 3-4-1. Patriots are 4-4. Four four. Uh, Patriots are five-and-a-half point favorite at home for that one. Uh, let me, I, I'll take your thoughts on that one. Patriots and who now? Patriots and, and Colts. Colts are going to the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are five and a half point favorite. Okay, that may be a little a little steep in the points, but I'll take the Patriots. Yeah, that's that's my lean as well. Uh, points may be a bit much, may end up being a close game, maybe a three or four point game, but I, I'm definitely taking the Pagers to win. Uh, and it's really it's weird. It's one of those I can see either way. I can see it being a very close game, or I can see it being a blowout. Uh, oh, yeah. I can see the Patriots getting on top of them and, yeah. and kind of, uh, you know, kind of suffocating them out. So, um, either way, definitely take the Patriots to win the game. Uh, whether I'm comfortable with the points may be a different story. Uh, past that, uh, the only other game I think we haven't mentioned is the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Raiders are two and five, Jaguars are two and six. Uh, so I don't even really care. You know, <laughs> about that game. Yeah, uh, me, me oh, either. And, 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 the mon- and the Monday night, I'm sorry. Which, uh, wish we had Terrence here to talk about this one. Baltimore. But it's five and three. It's five and three. Baltimore Ravens visit the three and five New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I think I'm good with that. I'll take Baltimore to win, and I will take the points. In a game like that, man, I'm telling you, man, I would not be surprised if the Saints win it by a field goal, though. Uh, but it's a tricky trap game in that loud, loud, very loud Superdome. If you've been there before, you know what I mean. Uh, and I mean a football game. But, oh, that sucker is loud. Like, I, I literally believe that I was watching everybody and I'm like, we can't be making up this much damn noise. They've got to be pumping some noise into this into this this damn dome. Uh, Atlanta Falcons got caught doing that for real years back. Uh, but, no, it's extremely loud in there. But I can't wait to see this one, though, because – it's just something about the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I think this is the team that I keep saying that will probably go into Buffalo in the postseason and knock them off. Uh, and how? Rashad Bateman is out for the season. Uh, they still didn't go get any help for Lamar. But I'll take the I'll take the Ravens. But this is a very. Uh, 
Yeah, all right. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> they got Deshaun Jackson. But uh, we know how Terrence feels about those type of acquisitions that they make. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, said, I said that just for him. I hope he listens later. Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let him know what happens somewhere around the 51-minute mark. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take the Ravens. But, man, I won't be surprised. If, if you're doing a parlay, give yourself a chance with the Saints as well. They could probably win this thing by, by, a, by a field goal or by – that's usually how it goes when the one team is favored by two, two and a half. But yeah, I'll take the Ravens. That's that's going to be an interesting game on Monday night. All right, so sounds like we're done with the football talk. And now what we need to do is kind of uh, jump back. Oh, another thing that I thought was very <laughs> interesting last night, the Houston Astros were uh, in Philadelphia playing the, Phil- the Phillies in the World Series. On the same night, you had the Philadelphia Eagles in Houston playing the Texans. On the same night, uh, they were in different cities, but still, Philly and Houston on Thursday night. What a coincidence! I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, but now, let's go to basketball real quick before we get out of here and end this show. Nick, the reason why I'm coming back to it is because I just want to ask you a question that I asked you hell on the last episode, and that question was the the Golden State Warriors. They lost some games. Like, they've lost quite a few games here, and it's not the games that they've lost. It's who they've been losing to. They lost in Detroit. They lost in Charlotte. And then when you when you think that, well, Nick is right, Terrence is right, it's, they're okay. It's, it, it, they'll be fine. It's just it's the Golden State Warriors. They, they, they're, still, they're still shining and polishing their new championship rings. And so I'm not trying to overreact. I'm not trying to, you know, react. You guys definitely took the relaxed approach. I just think that, mm, I don't know. I'm going to ask you one more time. After the Golden State Warriors lose last night in Orlando to the Orlando Magic. And we've got to check out, if you hadn't checked out, the rookie, number one overall pick out of Duke. He's been playing all right. Paolo Bancaro, that boy is balling. That boy can hoop. Yeah, we got to give credit where it's due, man, for these players. As much as I say that I don't believe these games are all uh real i think they can be staged rigged or what have you never have i took away the talent from these stars from these athletes football basketball baseball whatever you know and i just want to give credit to that guy because that that young rookie in orlando is balling they got a 130 to 129 victory over the golden state warriors on last night i'm gonna ask one more time because of that l that the warriors just took i think they're now at three and six if i'm not mistaken yes at three and six nick are we are the Golden State Warriors okay? This is another loss to a team that they should not be losing to. Yeah, this is. Not, I'm still not pushing the panic button. Um, the Orlando Magic are showing to be better than than a lot of people expected uh, with their young talent, Paolo Bancaro, as well as Jalen Suggs. Uh, both had big games last. Both had good games last night. Jalen Suggs, I think, had a big three uh, near the end of the game. They kind of iced it for him. Steph Curry still performing at an MVP level. He had 39 points, nine assists. Uh, three boards, shot eight of fifteen from three, thirteen of twenty-two overall. Uh, but but the, uh, the Magic showed up and just kind of the deeper team last night. Uh, Twenty-six from Jalen Suggs, twenty-two from Paolo Bancaro, nineteen from Franz Wagner, fourteen from Wendell Carter Jr., um, and another sixteen from uh, somebody who I've never heard of before. Kuma uh, Okiki, <laughs> okay, uh, six-six, two hundred twenty-nine pounds. The other thing with the Magic is that they are a very large and lengthy team. Uh, I think their starting five averages about six foot seven across the board. 
um, with I think Jalen Suggs being the shortest of that is something like six foot four, six foot five. And you got Pan Carroll at six eight. Um, uh, Bo Bo, I think he's floating around, you know, seven foot three or whatever the case is. So, um, you know, teams like that, kind of like, like the Grizzlies showed last year, um, have the ability to cause some problems for the Warriors because of their their length and prowess on the defensive end. And uh, obviously, they were incredibly great on defense. The Warriors still put up 129 points last night, uh, but they weren't good enough. And uh, and so that's that's kind of the only thing there. Um, so I'm still not going to push the panic button on the Warriors. You know, this is a battle test team. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll definitely get it turned around and, and be right there in the next come uh, April, May, and June. Okay. All right. And one last thing there. I, I'll give you that. It is still early. Uh, one last thing. We already talked about Kawhi last episode. Uh, we think he'll be making his way back here soon. But anyway, uh, James Harden has a foot injury, and he's going to be out for a, at least a month. Is this going to hurt the 76ers? They not, it's not like they were doing too good anyway with him to start this season. They they kind of got in the win column and you know but uh, your t- your thoughts on James Harden being out for a month for the Sixers? So oddly enough, I almost think this is a positive for the 76ers, and the reason I say that is because what we're going to find out for one is is the problem with the offense Doc Rivers or is it James Harden? Um, there's been a lot of kind of speculation floating about around that in terms of okay, hey, you know the, the kind of stagnant and slower offense that Philly has shown. Is it because James Harden still wants to play James Harden ball? Or is it because Doc Rivers is deciding that, hey, you know, the, the James Harden kind of ISO game is, is the way of direction that they need to go? And so without him, um, of course, you have Tyree Baxi at the helm in the backcourt. And then, uh, of course, you still got Joel Embiid, as great as he is in the frontcourt. And, uh, you know, so maybe you see a little bit of different look from the Philadelphia 76ers on the offensive end. And uh, it could potentially be a positive, you know, potentially get uh, everybody involved. Um, get, you know, everybody kind of playing more into the rhythm and the roles that they're more comfortable in. Um, so I, I think it could be interesting for the 76ers. And I think even, you know, provided uh, that they do well over this month or so, um, maybe they start to look at, at the situation with James Harden a little bit differently. I know Daryl Morey is his guy, so, you know, I doubt that he'll be seriously looking to, uh, to move James Harden. But uh, it could be something that, that they kind of take a peek at. If uh, Tyrese Maxey, you know, further shows that he's the guy that can kind of step into that role and run the offense a little bit better than what they've seen so far this year. All right. Uh, Kent, no debate here on any of those things. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I'll let that ride out. You're good, Nick. Um, I have nothing to say behind that. Uh, good stuff. Another good episode. I- I'm interested to see what Philly's going to do as well, the Sixers that is. But you already know who I think the problem is when it comes to 76ers. I don't even have to say his name. Uh, but we'll see how that offense rolls. They always seem to do better when Harden is not on the floor. So that's why this could be a blessing in disguise. And maybe it's not so much Doc Rivers. If that offense gets to flowing, maybe it's more James Harden. But we've always heard the, the, the whispers that he wants to do him and they let him do him. But when he's not doing him and they run the offense, the way they kind of run it, it's not that bad. And Maxie, we, we know what he's capable of. This, this is a nice, good young star in the making. Um, what else is there to talk about in the NBA? That's about it. Trying to get out of here. We're at the hour mark right now. Um, I don't think there's anything else to, to speak on right now. Uh, we're waiting on Udoka to become the Brooklyn Nets' new head coach. And uh, Steve Nash is fired. I just said last episode that I didn't think he was competent enough or capable enough, good enough coach to, you know, lead these men in Brooklyn. Uh, and, and, and I guess they agreed because he's out of there. 
So that's that's pretty much it for me. Nick, do you have anything else, anything that we left out before we get out of here? Only other thing I will add is uh, another another uh, shot at, at this week uh, in sports history. Uh, this week we had three debuts of three of the best players, uh, best NBA players of the 2000s. Uh, Halloween 1996, uh, excuse me, 1997, we had the debut of one Tim Duncan uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. And in 1996, we had the debuts this week of both Allen Iverson and the late great Kobe Bryant. Those are some names there. Those are some some names, some Hall of Fame names. That's good stuff. Um, man, what a class. What a class. That's something that we need to uh, also debate, too. We've done this before, just not on wax. The, the best NBA class of all time, and I think 96 definitely – you know, would be in somebody's argument. I think 2003 class, LeBron and Wade and all those guys will definitely be uh, in people's – the 84 class, Jordan, Barkley, the, the list goes on, Ewing. I think that class will also be in discussion. So, look, 84, 96, 03, uh, hell, 04 wasn't bad. We, we, need to, we need to debate that, Nick. I don't know who you would have, and I'm not putting you on the spot right now. But we need to start debating those things outside of just the news that we keep you updated on. Um, we, we've got a lot of good debates coming, great debates. Uh, the best dynasty in all of sports. You know, the best finishing move of wrestling. We've done it before with rally debates. We have to do it on the Great Debate Show. And the best entrance in wrestling of all time. So many debates that we can go from, we can go with. We never got back to the Chris Brown and versus Usher because we all agree that it's Usher. But if there's anybody that thinks it's Chris Brown, we're going to start letting you call in. We're just going to try to spice it up and bring more fun to the Great Debate Show. We appreciate you listening. Thank everyone for downloading and subscribing and listening to the Great Debate Show. We appreciate it. You could have been anywhere in the world, but right now you're here with us, and we appreciate it. Uh, Again, that's all I have, Nick. That's it. It's been a great show. We thank you. Didn't have Terrence for the entire show, but um, here we'll be back when we talk about week nine in the NFL. We'll recap all of that good stuff. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, Week nine is approaching. I mean, it's already started. Philly, they've got that win. It's over. Nick, he can relax. Everybody else, good luck. As always, relax. As always, right? Okay. Yep. <laughs> Eagles still undefeated at 8-0. The Niners are on a bye week. And um, the Titans and Chiefs, watch out for that game. It could be an upset. And uh, that's that, that's pretty much it. Rams, Buccaneers, we'll see how that goes. And Terrence's Ravens on Monday night. That's when we will be back after the Monday night football game. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are out. Everybody, please uh, be safe out there and enjoy your weekend. Get out.